friends, and welcome to chapter four of The King's Pixie. True enough to the Fae's word, I was moved to a new room within two days. There weren't many of us here. Only twelve cages, including my own, lined the wall. The people that entered this room looked very different. They did not wear the white lab coats that the others had. Their attire was dark green with white embellishments. They wore puffy, rounded hats that, in my opinion, made them look ridiculous. And their hair was cut so short I could see their skin through it. One of them had several shiny things on his chest. He wore them proudly, folding his arms behind his back so that they would stick out further while he walked. They must have been some kind of trophy. All of these people were fey, but they didn't look friendly like the ones in the white coats had. These people were mean. I could feel it as they approached our cages. The one with the trophies picked up a clipboard. I heard there's a smart one in this lot. I wonder which one it is. <laughs> I kind of like the orange one. Another man examined a small fire pixie beside me. We both glared at him. <laughs> you would, scoffed the one with the clipboard. Matches your hair. Mm, let's see. 1T01RK3N0. He scanned the cage numbers before stopping at mine. There you are. He sneered down at me and I glared back. I didn't like him. Everything about this fae put me on edge. You're supposed to be the smart one in this group. He stood, still watching me. So, do something impressive. I did nothing. I had no desire to condemn myself to whatever horrific plan this monster before me had. He arced an eyebrow, the sneer on his lips quickly turning into a scowl. That's what I thought. These lab rats wouldn't know a smart pixie if it flew up and slapped him. General Lewis! A man in a lab coat stepped into the room. Do not insult my technicians. These pixies are not ready for selection. They've only recently been moved here for training. I would appreciate it if you didn't disrupt the process. The man pulled out a chair and sat down on it backwards, his hands resting on the back as he spoke. My name is Captain Eric Barnes. This... He opened his front coat pocket and a white pixie fluttered out, landing loyally on his shoulder. Is evil. I will be teaching you etiquette and the rules of combat. Evil will help you perfect your magical abilities. You guys have been selected for special combat training based on your intelligence and magic levels. After you are trained, you will be presented to the commanding officers within our army for selection. I hate to say it, but the three who were just in here are among those individuals. I promise that the other thirteen aren't as bad. We're being trained for war, I continued, but none of us know why. What is this war? Why are we even involved? He sighed and looked at Evol before continuing. There is a king among men who hates magic. He's threatened war against the Fae for the last twenty years. Our queen, Izal Priya, was able to strike a deal with him and gain peace for a while. But now that his wife is ill, he's turned his back on peace. Our queen believes he means to follow through on his threats once his wife dies, and therefore has ordered the creation of an army. 
Our people are naturally peaceful, so the order has not been received lightly. How many of you understand the bond between a pixie and fay? He scanned the cages, nodding slowly as he counted those of us that raised our hands. I was not among them. Pixie, he continued, evolved alongside Fay. We have worked together for so long in mutual companionship that pixies now bond directly to our souls. Evil and I have been bonded for twelve years. She's my best friend, and I would do anything to keep her safe, as she would for me. Our queen hopes that by pairing the strongest fae with the strongest pixies, we'll produce an army that will overcome any obstacle King Aisley decides to throw at us. If they're not using magic, I was confused. Then how could they pose a threat to those who do? They are using magic, Sopan. He spoke to me directly. And that's the problem. The king has three very powerful mages in his court who have access to dark magic. It's rumored that one of them is a demon. Evol spoke timidly from her perch. Shh, let's not frighten them with rumors. He spoke kindly to her before turning back to us. Once the last four pixies arrive, we'll begin your training. Please, eat and get rested. You'll need your energy. I watched as he stood. I still had so many questions, but it was obvious that he wasn't going to answer any more. His pixie scanned the cages as they left the room. Her eyes locked with mine, just as the door closed behind him. They seemed filled with something I could only describe as curiosity. If you don't want to listen to the commercial, go ahead and take your headphones out and go get a snack or something to make yourself more cozy. Be back in a bit. Every time the door opened, I rushed to the side of my cage, hoping beyond hope that Trift would be there. It was usually just Captain Barnes or another lab worker there to give us food or water, or clean our cages. Over the course of two days, three more pixies were brought in. One I recognized at Litsa. Her cage was stacked too far away from mine for us to talk, but she'd seen me as well. On the fourth day, the final cage was brought into our room, and my heart raced when I laid my eyes on an angry purple pixie that bounced around inside. They placed his cage above mine, and I instantly climbed to talk to him. Trift! I shouted as the lab technician left the room. Sopan? I heard him move to the side closest to me. Is that really you? What's going on? I reached through the mesh towards him, and he did the same. Our fingertips barely met, but it was enough to make me feel better. My friend was okay. He was here with me. I could watch over him again. We're going to be getting trained to fight soon, I said sadly. Oh, he sighed. Well, maybe that means no more experiments. Maybe. I pulled my arm back into my cage. They haven't done any since I've been in here. Lucky you! He snapped. His typical kind demeanor was gone. Since you've been gone, I've been injected, squished, suffocated, and tossed into some rancid thing they called a wind tunnel. I'm sorry, Trift, I whispered, pressing my forehead into the wire mesh. I wish it had been me instead. I meant it. Trift wasn't weak, but he was kind-hearted. The emotional toll their experiments took on him was bound to be great. 
I just hoped they hadn't tortured that kindness out of him completely. I wish it wasn't any of us, he whispered as the lights went out. For the first time in weeks, I broke out of my cage, flying up to Trift. It didn't take me long to get his door open and drop down inside the cage with him. I expected him to be angry, but to my surprise, he wrapped his arms around me and sobbed. I hate this place so bad. I want to burn it to the ground, he cried between guffaws. When you didn't come back, I, I got so scared. I thought you died in one of their awful machines. And then they took Lisa, and I was all by myself. I hugged him tightly. Breathe, Trift. We'll get out of here. Together. I promise. I think I know where the exit to this place is. He wiped his face and sniffed, looking up at me with desperate purple eyes. Really? Yeah. See that door over there? I pointed towards the large steel doors that could be seen through the window of our room. They come through those every morning. If I remember correctly from our flight in the ceiling, that's where the building ends. Freedom is on the other side. He looked at the door and shook his head. I heard one of them talking about the security door. It scans everything that comes through it. If it doesn't like what it finds, it burns it. A fae was complaining about how it burned his new coat. I bit my thumbnail before looking down at him. His dark purple eyes were puffy with tears. I wrapped him in a hug again, sinking to the floor of his cage. The only contact we'd ever known was harsh. Holding each other like this made everything feel less awful somehow. Like there was hope. When the lights came on, I made no effort to move, and neither did Trift. If they killed us, then and there, we wouldn't have cared. I was shocked when Captain Barnes didn't say a word. He simply put extra food in the cage and left us alone. That night, after Trift fell asleep, I flew up into the ceiling on my own, making my way over to where the door should be and popped back through to the other side. A green light at the top of the door flashed red and it began to open. As a large metal door slid apart, a green wall of light appeared on the other side. I ventured through the doors and touched the wall with one hand. It instantly turned red and burnt my fingers. I hissed at it and zipped back through the doors before they could close on me. Well, Trift asked when I returned. He'd woken soon after I'd left him. I shook my head and showed him my hand. Trift frowned, taking my burned fingers in his. I was alarmed when a blue mist began to swirl outwards from his palms and his eyes, but the mist was calming. Suddenly, my fingers didn't hurt anymore. In fact, my whole hand felt warm and pleasant. When the blue mist vanished, he smiled at me sadly. I guess we're stuck then, huh? I nodded, mesmerized by my healed fingers and his abilities. I wondered if I were capable of such magic. We curled up in the same comforting embrace as the night before and fell asleep. I was in no hurry to be alone again. Thank you so much for listening to Chapter 4 of The King's Pixie. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope to see you again next week for Chapter 5. 
Please excuse this brief interruption while I insert a commercial.